Welcome to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. This is a show to help you be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm joined each program with my dear friend, Emily Jaminette. We hope this show provides an uplifting 30 minutes to refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. So hello and welcome, Emily. I'm super excited. It's another episode of Inspired by Faith, and this is an amazing topic. Oh, amazing topic, amazing guest, Father Donald Calloway and the year of St. Joseph. Yeah, because honestly, we need we need this great discussion. We need his intercession. We need his help and his protection. So I'm, I'm excited to learn more about St. Joseph. Yes. And, you know, if our listeners don't know, um, in the end of 2020, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, recalled the 150th anniversary of the Declaration of St. Joseph as patron of the Universal Church. And to mark the occasion, he proclaimed it a year of St. Joseph. So it's from December 8th to 2020 to December 8th, 2021. We are learning about St. Joseph, loving St. Joseph, and um, we brought on the expert on St. Joseph, Father Donald Calloway. So uh, for th- our listeners, um, you may recognize Father Calloway, who spoke at our 2020 conference and also our men's conference 2021. He is a convert to Catholicism, a member of the Congregation of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Before his conversion to Catholicism, he was a high school dropout who had been kicked out of a foreign country, institutionalized twice, and thrown in jail multiple times. After his radical conversion, he earned his B.A. in Philosophy and Theology from Franciscan University of Steubenville, and uh, his Master of Divinity and STB degrees from the Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C., and his STL in Mariology from the International Marian Research Institute in Dayton, Ohio. Father Calloway has written numerous articles and books, and his latest is The Beautiful Consecration to St. Joseph. So welcome, Father Calloway. Oh, thank you so much, ladies. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, there's a lot going on, huh? That's amazing times we're living in. It is absolutely. And I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, Father Calloway had sent me an email about what he was going to talk about at the conference. And he said, consecration to St. Joseph. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like this concept was so foreign to me, but I was blessed to do it in January of 2020. And amazing. This is an absolute beautiful gift to the church, what he has given us. So tell us, Father Kelly, you know, we had our conference and then COVID hit. So what have you been up to this past year? Oh, well, I tell you what, I'm so busy. I think I'm the busiest I've ever been in my life with uh, the year of St. Joseph and just promoting devotion to him. And, you know, as I recall, it was at that conference that um, the book really came out and, and became known and the ladies at that conference were the first ones to be able to actually do the program of consecration. Yeah, and we finished on the Feast of St. Joseph that year. That's right. That's right. And that was the timing was perfect because, as you know, I mean, the whole world fell apart. Everybody was on lockdown. And, um, yeah, it was an incredible time. So in a, in a time of great distress and anxiety and all of that, you know, God came through for us and, and gave us so much comfort and hope through a loving spiritual father in St. Joseph and, Divine Providence is definitely at work here, for sure. Well, I think Zoom sure helps, huh, Father? Because we've seen you popping around the world through Zoom and through digital media, YouTube. You know, um, know, it's neat to see how technology can help us 
with um, being able to reach more people. I think that's that's really amazing to be able to pass on the faith in such a you know concrete way. Maybe you could share one story or one way in which you've seen you know just the good come from the COVID. You know if it's if it is in the technology or just in this radical openness to Saint Joseph. Yeah, well, one thing that that comes to mind is, you know, with so many people, you know, really having to be centered in their home, uh, especially during the the tight time when we were in the lockdowns, very strict, um, a lot of people turned to St. Joseph, and they were doing the consecration as a family. Um, That was inspiring, because there were so many people that were telling me, Father, our our family hasn't gotten together like this to, to read a book or to pray together in years, you know, we've been so busy, we've been so preoccupied with soccer games and with this and with that and going in every direction. Now we're kind of forced to turn our house into a, a, a church and a place of prayer. And um, yeah, there was some pretty incredible stuff that was going on. And that was people taking advantage of, of the lockdown for a good way. So many great graces. Now, I read a great article at Marian Helper magazine, um, and you shared a story about before the Pope declared the year of St. Joseph, you actually requested that he, he do so. So that was an awesome story. Can you share it with our listeners? Yeah, you know, I'm still amazed that all that happened, because I, in my research for putting my book together, I realized that the year, uh, the Church has never had a year of St. Joseph. So I was like, man, we need to do this. So I, I wrote a letter to the Pope in, two, in May of 2019, and I asked him, I said, please, for the good of the Church in this time of attacks on marriage and family, please declare a year of St. Joseph. It would do so much good. And the, the letter was hand-delivered to the Pope by a bishop, and we have the pictures of, of him talking about my letter. Um, and then on December 8th, as you mentioned, um, we got the year of St. Joseph. So I don't know if my letter did it or not, but I mean, hey, I got the pictures to prove that he got it. <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing story. You could, That one is for the books, huh? Well, maybe you could tell. Maybe you could tell our listeners. You know, if they don't really understand what we're talking about, right? Consecration to Saint Joseph. You know, could you summarize for for those in the nosebleeds, maybe what's what's going on and and uh, what people can do to grow closer to their to the Jesus through Saint Joseph? Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And um, so, you know, of course, our greatest consecration, our ultimate end, is God, and in and, and, and the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So it's all about Jesus. But, you know, in Christianity, if we want to get really close to, to our Lord, you know, we, we give ourselves, we entrust ourselves, which is another term for consecration. It just means setting something aside for a holy purpose. And so many people consecrate themselves to the Virgin Mary, because Mary is super close to Jesus, and she's going to bring us super close to Him. Well, now, in this time when we have, you know, as I mentioned, these attacks on family and fatherhood, there's so much confusion today when it comes to gender and issues of sexuality, that we need a good father. We need St. Joseph. And, and so now, you know, we've got this devotion of consecrating ourselves and trusting ourselves to him so that he can bring us through these confusing times to the truth, who is Jesus Christ. Truth is a person. It's Jesus. So let's give ourselves to St. Joseph and we will follow the light. We will be drawn to Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I love how um, you gave so many beautiful examples of the virtues of St. Joseph and all the different titles, and you, you know, pray the, the litany to St. Joseph, so many things that you know most of us have no idea 
about, but what was your favorite, you know, title of St. Joseph or story of St. Joseph? I love the Terror of Demons, but um, I'm sure you've got a mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Most people, when they find out that title, Terror of Demons, they're like, wow, I love that, you know. Um, so I think that tends to be the favorite one of both men and women, um, percentage-wise. I mean, there's other ones that people love as well. But that one in particular is its such an intimidating title. It's such a powerful title. Um, and one of my favorite stories that I learned, because, you know, in the research, I learned these things myself. I, I didn't know about them before I did all the research, is the Holy Wedding Ring. Um, it's called the Santo Anello in Italian, the Holy Ring. You know, the ring that Joseph gave to Our Lady still exists. It's housed in a gigantic reliquary in the cathedral in Perugia, Italy. It's about 30 minutes from Assisi. And you can actually go there. Once a year, they expose the ring. And if you're engaged or if you're married, you can actually touch your ring to the holy ring that Joseph gave Mary. I just think that that is awesome. That is amazing. We need a trip to Italy, for sure. (laughs) What day, Father? What day do I need to arrive? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, any other stories of encouragement? You know, so many people, as you mentioned, are struggling with their children, losing faith, uh, Mm. loved ones, you know, really falling victim to the culture of death. You know, do you see, do you see hearts changing? Do you see fruits coming from this year of St. Joseph along with the consecration? I do. Um, Yeah, I've heard some incredible stories of reconciliations between family members taking place healings in marriages, um, you know, I mean, sadly, the statistics show, you know, more than half of all marriages end, end in divorce today, 52%. So, you know, we got some trying times here we're living in. But you bring in St. Joseph into this, you're going to, you know, experience some real growth um, and and letting go of, of, of hurts and, and all of those things and, and, and experience reconciliation. I've also heard, and this brings joy to my heart, you know, there, there, we have a, a plague on the planet right now called pornography. It has saturated our culture, and, and young boys are being exposed to it by, like, age, age 11 or 12. Well, St. Joseph right now is working miracles in the lives of men, especially when it comes to turning away from this filth and desiring to be pure and have a chaste heart like St. Joseph. Um, and he, I've heard story after story of men saying, They've struggled with this particular sin for decades, and now, having done the consecration, they, the chains have been broken. They're, they have been set free of this, um, and that's what St. Joseph does. He is incredible with helping uh, people to overcome this particular vice in their life. Wow, that's powerful. I love how you wrote in the, in the book, My dear friend, you are about to embark on a journey that is going to change your life. To be close to St. Mm-hmm. Joseph is a special grace from God. So I know you have those the book, and I think you have some YouTube videos for people, too, to go through this. So tell them, how do, how do people do this consecration? Yeah, so I, I modeled it after St. Louis de Montfort's consecration to Mary, which lasts for 33 days. So when people hear that, sometimes they're like, what, 33 days? What am I signing up for here? Well, it's okay, because, you know, if it was only five days, it'd be too short. It'd be over in a second. If it was three months, you know, people would be killing me. Um, 33 days, it's, it's a good period of time. And daily, it takes about 20 to 30 minutes at the most. And you really will come to know St. Joseph. You'll, you'll understand who he is when you hear about what saints and popes and apparitions he's appeared in, what shrines are dedicated to him, what saints and mystics have said. 
all these kind of things. And so at the end of it, you entrust yourself to him, you consecrate yourself to him, and I guarantee you that your eyes and heart will be open to an understanding of St. Joseph that you've never had before. Most people, they really don't know who St. Joseph is, that um, it really is life-changing. It, it, it really is transformative. Absolutely. I know uh, the same for me. I did not have a strong devotion to St. Joseph, and I did this, and I, as you said, I absolutely fell in love with St. Joseph after doing these readings. I mean, you're reading The Patron of a Happy Death, you know, The Sleeping St. Joseph, you know, all these mm-hmm. just and, and, and to understand even the scriptures better, I think that was really eye-opening for me because we read so many times the story of, you know, the Annunciation and then and then St. Joseph, you know, wanting to, to quietly divorce Mary, but you really explained mm-hmm. that in an eye-opening way. Do you mind sharing that that little nugget? Because I thought that was a really beautiful thing to to think about St. Joseph in that way. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm a convert to Catholicism, and I remember when I became Catholic, hearing people talking about how Joseph wanted to divorce Mary, and I, I always thought to myself, you know, I'm not a theologian, I don't have all these great degrees, I, but intuitively I just said, well, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, the foundations of the New Testament are based upon a possible divorce. That seems like rolling the dice, you know, I'm like, that's kind of sketchy, but I was just like, whatever, who am I? But then as I went to seminary and I, I, and I did get degrees and did research, I was like, okay, so actually the Church doesn't say that that's necessarily what took place. There's other ways of interpreting that, and the Church allows for it. And one of them, and it's been affirmed by tons of saints, is that Joseph didn't want to divorce her. He didn't suspect her of adultery or wasn't suspicious that, you know, she was not faithful or anything. He was in awe of this mystery. I mean, he wasn't ignorant. He was a devout Jew. He knew the prophecy of Isaiah that a virgin would be with a child, and all of a sudden he encounters her, and it's his wife, and he's like, I can't do this. I'm not worthy. You know, um, like David in the Old Testament approaching the ark, you know, he's not worthy to approach it. And um, like Peter, you know, Lord, back away, I'm a sinful man. Well, Joseph was encountering that same kind of thing, and he wanted to separate himself, you know, from the, the holy ark, and wait for God's, uh, you know, guidance, because he considered himself unworthy, and he was in awe of this. I love that interpretation, um, and so that's, that's the one that I talk about. That's, that's super insightful for me. Thank you. As a mom of seven children, that will be shared with all of my children, <laughs> because as you're right, you know, God's plan is laid out in such a, a beautiful way, and that that makes so much more sense than uh, on the hinge of divorce. So thank you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really beautiful. And you also talked about, you know, St. Joseph is the patron of the Universal Church. And I don't know that people know that or understand that. So what does that mean? And what is this real, really the year of St. Joseph? You know, what does it mean for us and our families? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that word patron is really critical. So the, it comes from the Latin, which is pater, and then, you know, people might be more familiar with that one. That means father. Um, so by saying that he's the patron of the Church, you know, the popes are saying that he's the father of the Church, which he means he's our father, right? He, he's our spiritual father. He's not the father of a, of a building. He's, he's our spiritual father as, as members of the mystical body of Christ. And, you know, we've always kind of known that, but it's never been so presented as when the Pope declared it that way 150 years ago. And now, you know, Pope Francis wrote a beautiful document on 
St. Joseph. It's called Patris Corde. There's that word Patria again, Patris. And what he's saying there is with a father's heart. And so we're talking about a good father in St. Joseph who loves us, who, who knows our difficulties, our trials, and everything we're going through, and he's with us. He's going to bring comfort. He's never going to harm us. He's never going to, you know, uh, beat us down with his words, which so many people, unfortunately, have had that experience with their father, but not in St. Joseph. No, no, no. He is so good um, that Jesus wants to share that gift of his fatherhood with us. And so in a year of St. Joseph, dioceses are going to emphasize that. There's going to be, you know, special conferences. There's going to be masses dedicated to this theme. Priests are going to preach on it. Um, and it's happening. I mean, the whole world right now in the Catholic Church is, is looking to St. Joseph, and um, it's pretty awesome. He is an awesome saint. I mean, absolutely. And just really realizing what, what a virtuous man he was and wanting to be like him and, and your spouse to be like him. And I think that's what we all should pray for is to, to be like mm-hmm. St. Joseph. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, all children resemble their parents. So, you know, Joseph is, is not our biological father, of course, and, and neither is the Virgin Mary, but they are our spiritual parents. And so we should resemble them. Um, and this is an amazing thing about Jesus, right? So Jesus is the biological son of Mary. He lived in her holy womb for nine months. But Joseph is not his biological father, and yet Jesus, in his youth, wanted to be like Joseph. He imitated Joseph. He learned these things as he grew up, you know, through human growth and development, you know, humbling himself to take on human nature. Um, He looked to Joseph, and, you know, we need to do that, too. We are spiritual sons and daughters of Our Lady and St. Joseph. So let's be like them, uh, especially in in virtue and growth and holiness. What what a gift you have given to us. You have given to the whole Church. We are so blessed that um, you wrote this. You have to tell us, what was your inspiration in in even starting this this journey with St. Joseph? Well, um, so I've been a priest 18 years now, and about four years ago, I just had so many people coming up to me on a daily basis and saying, Father, my marriage is a disaster. My children, you know, don't go to church and all kinds of problems. And I said, my, my, what do I do? You know, I, I, can, I can only do so much when people are at church once a week on a Sunday. Can I give them something to supplement that? And, 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 and then it just came to me in prayer, go to Joseph. Introduce everybody to St. Joseph. I mean, he is extraordinary. He's the hidden saint of Christianity, um, and it's time that he kind of got his due, his recognition. He's going to bring healing. You know, when things are crumbling around you, well, you call in a carpenter. When, when, when you've got chaos in a household, bring Dad on the scene, right? He's going to restore some order. Um, and St. Joseph's going to do it in a loving way, but he's going to do it. So that, I believe, was inspired by God, and, and so I did the research to put the book together, and now it's off the charts. I mean, we've sold almost a million copies and it's in 15 languages now, and counting, it's, it's amazing. Yes, absolutely is amazing. I, to, to think it all launched at the Catholic Women's Conference here in Columbus, Ohio, with Father Calloway in 2020. Mm-hmm. Now, are you um, yep. doing any speaking or any um, you know, things people can see you at, or where can people find more about you, Father, and your events and your work? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I'm starting to get back to on-site speaking events. You know, things are lightening up a little bit, but... Um, if you go to the website, consecration to org, 
Um, and the saint part is just S-T, so you don't spell that out. It's consecration to consecrationtosaintjoseph.org. You can find out all about the book and the various forms that it's available in, and there's a link to, to my stuff, too, where I'm speaking um, and all that kind of stuff, and my pilgrimages as well. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for giving us part of your very, very busy day. You know, we are praying for you and thinking of you, and we hope you come thank back you. to Columbus, Ohio sometime soon. Well, thank you, ladies. God bless you, and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, and please keep us in your prayers. We really appreciate we'll, it. we Will do. God bless, Father. Wow, what an amazing... I have to do this again. Actually, I had. I was telling Emily I had to buy a new book because I shared mine with my mother, and uh, you know she lives five hours away, so I was like, I'm just going to buy myself a second copy. So I've got my second copy of Consecration to St. Joseph, and it is time to dive back in because this is such, such a gift. Well, what I think is neat about these types of books, right, Michelle, is in the front page is they tell you when... You can go through the consecration and end on a major feast day. So the um, consecration to the Sacred Heart or 33 Days to Morning Glory, it's really kind of special because you can, you got to do a little preparation, but it's well worth doing that preparation and looking at the liturgical calendar and, you know, ending on a a feast day, such as Feast of St. Joseph the Worker or Feast of St. Joseph. Well, speaking of St. Joseph the Worker, I have a great story. Go for it. So, you know, I did this consecration and, you know, you do, you fall in love with St. Joseph and you want to celebrate these really great feasts of St. Joseph. So this year, it just happened to work out that first, the Feast of St. Joseph on March 19th, um, my kids had a a wellness day, day off school. So I was able to sneak out of the house at 630 and go to 630 mass and then come back home, get my big kids ready and then go back into work. And then, so this year for the uh, feast of St. Joseph the Worker, I had done just a shortened um, consecration on the Hallow app. Um, it was really a beautiful prayer to St. Joseph every day. And I was, you know, got up, was ready to go over to Mass at St. Brendan's at eight o'clock. And as I pull in the parking lot, I see a gentleman standing out there and all these cars driving away. And I thought, oh no, there's no Mass. And I happened to pull in next to my friend, Teresa Whiteside, and I rolled down the window. I'm like, Teresa, is there any mass today? She's like, I'm so sorry. She said it's first communion. Father has canceled mass because communion's, you know, here shortly after. And I was like, oh, such a bummer. But I'll look around and find mass somewhere else. And I started catching up with my friend. And then this priest that I had never seen before came out of uh, the, the school there. And he said, I'm having private mass. You can come. And I was like, who is this priest and why is he here? And turns out he was there doing their parish mission and he offered up a private mass on the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. There were seven of us. Um, I got to be the lector at the mass and it was so touching, so perfect. And I was like, what a great St. Joseph. I know he was watching out for me. I really well, had... Father Ricardo was one awesome preacher, the uh, Fathers of Mercy. So we went to some of his mission. Yeah. That's an amazing story, Michelle. It pays to stay in the parking lot and not to leave immediately. Yeah. I think there's a moral to this story bigger than uh, just uh, yeah, St. Joseph. It was, it was, it was such a blessing. You know, it was one of those things like I wrote it down in my prayer journal to remember this, this story because what a gift to be invited yeah, to this. And he, the father gave a fantastic homily on, on St. Joseph. So it was, it was awesome. Wow. That's an amazing story. I don't think I've ever heard a story similar to that, like where the priest comes and finds you and then says, do you want to go to the private mass? And then gives it, that's, that's a great, great story. My only story is, you know, I think a lot of times people can relate to this is when you go to sell a house, that's when you start like scrambling, like I got to sell my house. 
uh, does anyone have a St. Joseph statue or, you know, what, what can I do? Cause we associate those things of selling homes in St. Joseph. But for us, we did not bury a statue in the ground. We did not do that, but we did give uh, St. Joseph this particular intention. And I like to say we moved from the left side of the church to the right side of the church. And, um, my, my brother was teasing the other day. He's like, you can tell people that want to move or make a big decision because they all slide to the opposite side of the church, you know, sitting but in front of St. Joseph, sitting in front of St. Joseph, lighting those candles. But, you know, the, the great news is, is that St. Joseph, this devotion is for everyone. It's an invitation to go deeper, to better understand, you know, Jesus's earthly father, the man who formed him, his work ethic, the man he looked up to. I think Father Calloway did an amazing job making those connections for us. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know, like I said earlier, I did not have a strong devotion to St. Joseph. I kind of felt like he was like the man saint, like he's for the dads and he's for the men to to learn not to be a strong faithful man. And I always had a stronger devotion to the Blessed Mother, but you can have both. And just like I said, these virtues of St. Joseph, like so many amazing things about this saint that will really draw you closer to Christ. Well, if anything, terror of demons, right? Let's just remember that one. That's that's a great title. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, what, a, you know, you see the Blessed Mother step, stepping on the head of Satan, but to see, um, I know Father Calloway had several uh, images painted of St. Joseph that you can see on his website and things. And one is St. Joseph like stepping on the serpent. And it's, it is a very powerful image. I would definitely recommend getting, getting a copy of that print. It's powerful. Well, as we close here, we want to close with a prayer to to St. Joseph. We have a, a, a prayer for you. So please join us in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. To you, O blessed Joseph, do we come in our tribulation, and having implored the help of your most holy spouse, we confidently invoked your patronage also. Through that charity which bonds you to the Immaculate Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and through the paternal love with which you embrace the child Jesus, we humbly beg your graciousness to regard the inheritance which Jesus Christ has purchased by his blood and with your power and strength to aid us in our necessities. O most watchful guardian of the Holy Family, defend the chosen children of Jesus Christ. O most loving Father, ward off from us every contagion of error and corrupting influence. O most mighty protector, be kind to us from heaven. Assist us in our struggle with the power of darkness. As once you rescued the child Jesus from deadly peril, so now protect God's holy church from the snares of the enemy and from all adversity. Shield to each one of us by your consistent, constant protection, so that supported by your example and your aid, we may be able to live piously, to die holy, and to obtain happiness in heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you so much for in, for joining us today on Inspired by Faith. We hope you were blessed by this episode. We were inspired by this episode and learn to love St. Joseph. So to find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, please visit ColumbusCatholicWomen.com. Or to hear more from Emily and I, visit our work at InspireTheFaith.com. God bless. Bye-bye.